Hallelujah. And now after, what was it, three three nights, we finally get to our text. (laughs) We hadn't got there yet, but we think so, right? (laughs) In uh, James, the first chapter, James chapter 1, all all of this flows together. You know, so many... uh, Uh, Wrong doctrines would have been prevented if people had just read the chapter that came before and the chapter that came after. But in James 1 and verse 22, James 1, 22, he said, but be ye what? Doers. Doers of the word and not hearers only. Deceiving your own selves. He said, uh, For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's likened to a man beholding his natural face in a glass, we'd say mirror. For he beholds himself and then goes his way and straightway forgets What manner of man he was, he forgets what he saw. Now, God is a spirit. He is, he functions by vision and faith and words. And your faith actually produces your vision. Without a vision, what did the scriptures say? People perish. There's got to be something for your faith to produce. If you say, well, I'm believing God, for what? To what? To what end? There, your faith is attached to your vision. And so, uh, in order to, uh, to have your faith working on something... You had to see something. Right? In order to your faith to be working on your healing, you had to see himself took your infirmities, bore your sicknesses, carried your pains. By his stripes you were healed. You had to see it is his will, it is his ability, it is power. You had to see it. And then your faith can lay hold of what you see. And the same thing is true if it's finances or or any other area. If if you can see it, you can receive it. If you can see it, you see yourself with it, you can get it. If you can't see it, then there's nothing for your faith to work on. Can you see he's talking about seeing something? Now, with this in mind... Go over to 1 Corinthians. <clears throat> because he he's talking about vision. Thank you, Lord. Somebody say thank you, Lord. It's actually 2 Corinthians, I believe it is. And the uh, third chapter, 2 Corinthians 3. 
he said, uh, verse 16, when it shall turn to the Lord, or when anybody turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Well, the veil prevents you from seeing something between you and the object you're looking at. Verse 17, now the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Oh, we hadn't touched the half of this. Just say it out loud. The spirit of the Lord is the spirit of liberty. It's the spirit. He's the spirit of being free. The spirit of being completely loosed, unfettered, unshackled, unrestricted, unlimited, loose him and let him go. And it was the Holy Spirit that brought him up and out. The spirit that raises the dead. Well, he made him free from death. Now, the Lord is that spirit. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Now, we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass. That's the same language James used. Same language the Spirit of God used through James. With open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord. If you can see it, you can be it. If you can see it, if you can see you with it, you can have it. You can get it. If you can't see you with it, you're stuck. You're stuck. We are with open face beholding like in a, a glass, a mirror of the glory of the Lord. We're changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Change. Oh, somebody say change. change. But I'm going to add to this, based on what we're reading in James, if you don't forget. <laughs> if you don't forget what you saw. Now go back to James. We're changed into the same image from glory to glory by the Spirit of the Lord. But James points out, you got to remember what you saw. And you got to hold on to what you saw. And, in he, in, and what's he talking about? He started talking about being a... Doer, you have to remember what you saw, and you have to keep what you saw, and you have to do what you saw. You have to walk, take steps to walk it out. Amen. And that is connected to the transformation process. Now, the enemy knows this better than most Christians. And the, uh, the weakness, one of the biggest weaknesses of human beings 
is ignorance and forgetfulness. And the Bible talks about this. You know, the, the, the Holy Spirit helps our infirmities. What, what's the first one he mentions? We don't know what to pray for as we ought. That's ignorance. We are of such few days. We are so young. We're just barely getting started in our existence. And we know so little. And the enemy, he's learned that he can distract human beings. And over a period of time, your awareness fades. And why does the scripture say things like in Psalms, bless the Lord, O my soul? And what? And what? And what? Why do we need to be told? Don't forget. Have you ever forgotten anything? Huh? Have you ever forgotten anything important? Yeah. And it gets serious when you forget important things. The most important things we'll ever see are the things the Lord showed us, right, by the Spirit of the Lord, looking into the mirror of Christ, the Word, the perfect law of liberty. Because when we see Christ, we see us. Oh, I don't know if you heard that or not. Because we are in Him. He is in us, right? His righteousness is our righteousness. His holiness is our holiness. And when we see Him, we see us. Now, when you see who you are in Christ, you become too much for the enemy to handle. He just he can't shut you down. He can't stop you. He couldn't stop Jesus. Which is why he knows he's got to distract you and me. He's got to get us to procrastinate acting on what we saw because he knows that awareness will fade in a few days because we live in this fleshy, curse-filled earth. It's a dark, dark place. And uh, the Word is not hard to understand. The Holy Spirit is the master teacher. The reason why things can be challenging to get is because of the pressure of this curse-filled, dark place. You have to develop powers of focus and concentration. Not because God's making it hard to get. He's making it easy. But the enemy is doing everything he can to keep you out of it. To keep you away from it. Because beholding him and seeing you in him is transformative. It doesn't stop with seeing it. Once you see it, then you must be a doer. Doer 
of the word. If I, if I am the righteousness of God in Christ, I need to act like the righteousness of God in Christ. If I have authority over every evil thing, I need to act like I've got authority. Is that right? Can you see that? But the enemy wants you to forget what you saw. Forget it. He, he wants, he wants us caught up in fantasies and imaginations and junk because he knows how little time we have down here. And 10, 20, 30 years can go by before we figure out, what have I been doing? And I forgot, you know, God showed me something so clear when I was 16. And be, but here's how you prevent that from happening. Everybody awake? How? <clears throat> Don't just be a hearer. Huh? Put it into practice. Immediately. Right? Don't give the enemy a chance to play with you and fool you and distract you and forget it when you see it clear. You want to you study in this? Study Moses. Study Abraham. Study these, these heroes of faith that are held up to us. You know how many times it says in the scripture, as the Lord commanded Abraham... So did Abraham. When? That day. That day. That morning. As the Lord commanded Moses, so did Moses. When? Right then. Right then. God had tell him to do something. Man, he's on it. He's on it. Immediately. Does exactly what God told him. Exactly when and where. And you can see that's why God chose him. Amen. This lackadaisical attitude of well, we'll get to it when we can. That's disrespectful. Yes, sir. Right? Amen. That's dishonoring. That's acting like every other thing in your life is more important than what he told you to do. And we've all done some of this. Let's repent. Let's quit that. Let's, you know, the master said this. Remember, he said, why do you call me Lord, Lord? And you won't do what I tell you to do. Didn't he say that? Why call me Lord and you won't do what I tell you to do? And that's exactly where he he gave the account of the man that built his house on the sand or the man that built his house on the rock. And people say, well, well, what's the rock? People say, well, Jesus. Uh, no, that's not what the passage says. The rock is being a doer. Of what the Lord told you to do. That's what the passage says. Being the man uh, that his house was washed away. He heard. But did not do. Didn't put it into practice. And, and everything seemed to be okay. As long as there was no storm. But when the storm hit. It proved he didn't have a foundation. And the house fell and great was the fall of it. But. The man that heard. And did. He put it into practice. Then the storm came. It didn't prevent a storm from happening. A storm came and the winds blew and the rains fell and it shook and it did not move it. 
It was strong. It was stable. When the dust cleared, it was still standing there. Why? 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 Because they're Christian? No. No. Because they could quote scriptures? No. Because they went to good meetings? No. 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 Because they what? They did. Oh, somebody say doer, doer, doer. They did. They did what the Lord said to do. You know, the prophet said, he said, the people come and they listen to me as one that has a very lovely voice or that can play well on an instrument. He said, because they hear your words, but they will not do them. And boy, that so aptly describes our entertainment, infotainment, information age generation. What? Watch something, listen to it, go, hmm, okay, what's next? With no intent of putting into anything to practice. Just tell me some more. Show me another one. Next. 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 No, every time we have a service, every time we sit down with our Bible and read something, we're supposed to be thinking, what do I do with this? Is that right? What do I do with this? How is this changing my life? I know I haven't arrived at seeing and doing the word. And so, Lord, open my eyes. Let me see it. Let me hear it. And then when you see something, there needs to be an immediate implementation of walking in the new light. Elsewise, it'll be stolen from you. You'll see it, and then you'll immediately go away and forget what you saw and just fade back into the rut of what everybody else is doing in life. And it may be decades later when you realize, oh, oh, that's what the Lord said. Yeah. Fifteen years ago. There is a very serious danger in forgetting. I know some years ago I was uh, something in our life that hadn't been going right. It had been going on for a year or two. And uh, I knew, you know, God's perfect will wasn't happening and I thought, Lord, what's going on here? And finally, I spent some extra time praying about it. And I saw myself in the Spirit. I said, Lord, what is it that you want me to do? Whatever it is, if you would just tell me, Lord, because we need some help here. And if you would show me and what to do. <laughs> and finally, I said, This? Yeah, that had been there for years. But see, I had gotten used to it being there. And forgotten about it. And now I'm looking for something else. But the problem is, God doesn't change. If He said this is it, that's it. He's not going to change and give you something else. And if I have gotten used to it and ignored it to the point where I don't even notice it anymore, then I'm looking for the answer, and the answer's literally right in front of me. But I don't see it anymore. Now tell me, why did that happen to me? 
Because I didn't put it into practice immediately. Hmm? Come on, are you all awake? That wouldn't have happened to me if I had put it into practice immediately. But I put it off a day and thought about it. Huh? Yeah. And probably talked about it. And, and, and then a week passed. And then a month passed. Next, did, did I forget what I saw? I forgot what I saw. And so now, uh, no, notice, notice the language here. Go back to James. <clears throat> what the danger is, something, you don't want to be in fear over it, but you want to realize how serious it is. It is a scary thing to be deceived. Because if you knew you were deceived, you wouldn't be deceived. Huh? It's a scary thing. Because if you're deceived, you think it's right. But you're believing a lie. You're fooled. You're tricked. And that's exactly what he's warning about here. He said, verse 22, be doers of the word, not hearers only. Are there hearers only? Oh, yeah. Yeah. There are professional meeting goers. Huh? Their life is an endless stream of hearing, but no doing. No doing. And it's a habit you get in. Like I said, you know, you you watch a program on TV and you go, okay, next program, click. Okay, there's a sermon. Okay, next sermon. Next sermon. With no intent of doing anything with any of it. And yet God expects... When he tells us something, that we do it. And it's for our benefit, of course. He said, be doers of the word, not hearers only, because what happens when you only hear and don't do? Deceiving your own self. Who deceived you? You can't even blame it on the devil. (laughs) Can't even blame it on somebody else. You deceive your, how do you deceive yourself? You think because you heard it, you did it. Oh, wow. Oh, we, I've been knowing that for years. Well, that don't mean a thing. What did you do about it? I tell Phyllis every time I come back from flight school, you know, how real this is to me. We had the opportunity just a few weeks ago of getting a new typewriting. And so, man, we were there for weeks and weeks and weeks. And, and what they do the first several weeks is ground school. So you're in the classroom. And you're hearing about hydraulics and electrics and pneumatics and on and on and on. And you get a, a written test. And, and so, uh, you know, after a month of that, especially if you made good on the test, you kind of feel like, you know, I know something about this. <laughs> and you have not flown that plane at all. Yeah. Um, huh? Yes, sir. You have read books. 
You have listened to people talk. But you can think, oh yeah, I'm a pilot. <laughs> no, you ain't even been in the plane. You hadn't even started it up. Yeah. Huh? Yes, sir. But you can because you've been around it. You've heard it so much. You've seen so many pictures. Huh? And you made good on your test. Yeah, but you've never flown the plane. And then you get in the simulator. And then after a little bit, they start making stuff go wrong. Huh? And your motor quits. And something catches on fire. And then this doesn't happen. And that don't happen. And all at once you're realizing, man, this ain't like the classroom. (laughs) What a radical difference between doing. Come on, y'all with me? Between doing and hearing. And every time I go and I come back, I think, you know, we are so used to classroom. We come to church. We talk about it. We hear it. And we think we know something about it. But that's not doing anything. That's not doing it. That's not walking it out. And you think you know a lot because you've heard so much. But you find out revelation doesn't just come by hearing. A whole lot of revelation comes by doing. Right? Come on, the first time you ever drove a car. Right? Maybe you read the book. Right? But there's a lot of stuff they don't tell you in the book. And you get in the car and you you see the edge of the fender, but you can't see the line. And it feels different. And things are happening and moving. Right? Doing is different from hearing. Hearing is not doing. Faith comes by hearing. But that is not faith being released. That is not faith being exercised. That comes after the faith comes, after the hearing. And he's saying, don't just be a hearer. And don't think you know so much because you've heard a lot. Because what have you done? What have you done? Put it into practice. Be a doer. Come on, somebody confess it by faith. Say, I'm a doer. Not just a hearer. Not a forgetful hearer. I'm a doer of the Word of God. I hear it. And I do it. If you, if you will, you will have miracles where other people don't. It's po- you know it's possible to go to church your whole life and hear, 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 and not have your answers. It's happening too much around us. And it's because of this. Just hearing and not doing. But when you start doing, man... The book comes alive. You go, oh, that's what they meant. Oh, that's what the Lord was talking about. Right? Because the experience allows more and more light and you get revelation. Then shall we know. If we follow on. Is that right? To know the Lord. The light breaks forth like the shining light of the sun. gets brighter and brighter. Until the full day's sun, as we do. 
Verse 22, be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man that beheld his natural face in a glass. Just like we read in 2 Corinthians 3, you see the glory of the Christ and you in him. He beholds himself and goes his way and straightway forgets what manner of man he was. He forgets what he saw. You have to fight to hold on to revelation. Do you remember when Jesus talked about the sower sows the word? And the very first thing that happened, the enemy came. Is that right? To steal the word that was sown. Oh man, because the enemy knows much more than human beings do how powerful that word is if it gets in and takes root and produces in you. And so he will come immediately to steal it. And you're vulnerable in the beginning moments of when you see revelation that you haven't seen before. Because it's new to you and your head may be trying to talk you out of it and the enemy's trying to say, well, that can't be true. But your heart is so excited. And sometimes your head is going, huh, 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 what? What are we excited about? You say, hey, just join us. Just join us. Come on. We, God is showing us something here in our spirit. But what I'm saying is Proverbs said, guard your heart. Is that right? Above all that you guard or keep. Why? Because out of it are the issues of life. And we must be so protective when God shows us something. And the light is there. I mean, write it down. Make a note on your phone. Tie a string around your finger. Is that right? Put a ribbon in your Bible. Talk to your spouse about it. Whatever the case may be. And make up your mind. This is precious. The Lord showed us something here. He showed us something here. Right? And we are not going to be robbed of it. We're not going to forget it. We're not going to lose it. And what immediately should we be thinking about? Lord, how do we put this into practice? How, what's the next step? How do we get started doing this? Because then you cannot be stolen from. You, you won't lose it. But if you're nonchalant about it, well, isn't that interesting? We'll see what we see. When we see it, no, you'll forget. You'll fade back into the flesh and you'll lose it. Thank God for the Holy Spirit because one of His jobs, one of His jobs is to bring it to you. Somebody say, Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Because one of His big jobs is He will bring it. Yeah. Back to you, yeah. your remembrance. Yeah. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Yeah. Thank, thank you, you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for giving us the Holy Spirit. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. He said, but. Whoever looks into the perfect law of liberty and what? 
continues. This is not sporadic. This stays with it. He being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. Doer of it. This man, not everybody that hears, but this man will be blessed in his deed. Can you say amen? Amen. Somebody say, that's me, that's me. I stay with it. I hold on to it. I put it into practice. And I will be blessed. Hallelujah. He'll be blessed in what? In the deed. In what was done. He'll be blessed in his doing. In his deed. Now in the second chapter, the Spirit of God picks back up on some of these same thoughts. James chapter 2, verse 14. And I'm going to read this to you from another translation. Y'all okay? You got a little time for this? <coughs> James 2. I'm reading from the complete Jewish Bible. I don't know if we have that one or not. CJB. I've got it. Verse 14. He said, What good is it, my brothers, if someone claims to have faith but no actions to prove it? Is such faith Able to save him. Now he's asking the question. What's the answer to that? <clears throat> now we, we need to be real focused on these. Because we are faith people. Yes, right? Yes, we are word and faith. I'm one of them. Yes, oh yeah. Yes, but. Like any other group, if you only focus on one aspect, you can have some big holes in some other areas of your life and understanding. And there's more in the Bible than faith. There's other things. In fact, what was it Peter said? Add to your faith. Right? And mentions a list of things. So uh, he's asking... If you say you got a faith, but there is no demonstration action of it, can that faith save you? And the implied answer is no. A belief that doesn't save you. This is sobering. Isn't it? Why? No action of the faith. There are people that have been to many church services. They believe God exists. They believe Jesus exists. They believe he went to the cross. They they even believe he rose from the dead. And they are lost. They believe all of that. And they're lost. Why? They have never acted on that belief to receive Him as their Lord and Savior and confess Him as their Lord and Savior and act on their lost, even though they believe all those things. 
a belief, but no action. <clears throat> he brings this up here in just a few verses later. He said, suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food, and someone says to him, Shalom, keep warm, eat hearty. That sounds like us. Confessions. Be blessed. Huh? Eat good. Bills be paid. What's wrong with that? Well, keep reading. He said, uh, but you don't give him what he needs. What good does it do them? It's too quiet in this church. What good does it do? Verse 17, thus faith by itself, unaccompanied by actions, is dead. Well, is it faith? He calls it faith. But it's not alive. And he, he finishes the passage by the example of a body and a spirit. You don't just want faith. You want living faith. You don't just want beliefs. You want active faith because that's the kind that connects with the power of God. There is a believing that does nothing and accomplishes nothing. That's what he's saying. A believing well, I just believe. Usually when people throw the word just in there, you know it's off to a bad start. I, I, I just believe, you know. There's, they're talking about their own personal concocted belief. <clears throat> With no intention of acting on anything. And it's amazing, you know, people find fault with folks like us, especially because we talk about abundance and we, we, we give and we talk about projects and this and that. And people say, well, that's a, you know, I just, I just believe that you should do this and you should do that. And yeah, and it's interesting how their beliefs never affect them. They feel strongly that we should do some things. But what are you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm not a preacher. What's that got to do with anything? You're either a hypocrite or you do what you say you believe. <clears throat> and see, that's what, one of the reasons why the Lord forbids us to judge. Amen. You don't know what he told other people to do. And Amen. you don't know the light that they have or the light that they don't have. And it's so easy to look on from the outside and criticize and find fault. But what are you doing? Right? What are you doing? Not talking. Doing. When you actually start to do something, you find out. It's not as easy as laying around criticizing. Huh? Okay, so you don't like what they're doing. Show us how to do it. Come on. Come on. Do better. Show us. Show us how to do it. 
Oh, oh, and then we hear the excuses kicking. Oh, but I'm not a preacher. Oh, but I, I don't claim to be. Oh, but I, well, well, be quiet. <laughs> You're not going to do anything. You don't plan on living by any of the great beliefs you say you hold. We don't have time to hear your stuff. We're wanting to do something. We're wanting to do something. Do something. Do it. Act on it. And that man will be blessed in the doing of it. In the deed of it. Faith by itself. Unaccompanied by actions is dead. Dead faith. Faith. Dead faith. Verse 18, but someone will say, you have faith, I have actions. Show me this faith of yours without the actions. You can't. I will show you my faith by my actions. That's how you know. Somebody really believes something. Right? Because the talking only goes so long, and then when it's time to do it, they do it. They do it. They get up, they go, they give, they work, they do. That's how you know they really believe this. Right? They really believe this. Many people still talk, 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 but won't, won't do. He said, you believe that God is one. He said, good for you. The demons believe it too. I'm for sure I want something above demon faith. How about you? I, uh-uh. I ain't stopping at demon faith. That's got to be the lowest level, right? Demon faith. What's demon faith? You believe, you go, ooh. And that's it. That's it. Results in nothing. (laughs) He said, good for you. The demons believe it too. And the thought makes them shudder with fear. But foolish fellow, do you want to be shown that such faith apart from actions is barren? Wasn't Abraham declared righteous because of actions when he offered up his son, Isaac, on the altar? Don't we hold Abraham to be the father of faith? Do we talk and sing songs about the confessions that he made in the tent? Yes. Uh Uh-uh. No, it's about him loading the donkey. Is that right? And taking his his son. It's about him doing it. Acting on him. Moving. He said, Abraham was declared righteous because of actions when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar. You see that faith worked with his actions. And by the actions, the faith was made complete. Many of us, 
in word and faith circles, hearing the word is right, confessing the word is right, but we've stopped short of a complete faith. Come on, y'all listening? We've stopped short of a complete faith. Why? Because, yes, your words need to be in line with what you heard, what you believe, but you don't stop there. Your actions must be in line with your words. Hallelujah. And you must keep taking the steps that he gives us day by day and week by week so that our faith is complete. Our faith is alive. Our faith is complete. And it's when you take the step. That the connection is made to the manifestation of the power of God. Not while you're staying at home talking about it. It's when you take the step. We've seen the miracles that have happened in our lives and ministry. Without exception, God showed you something. You got excited about it. Then the enemy came and said, ain't no way. That, That could never happen. And you had to fight that off. Right? And you kept looking and you kept praying. And then the Lord said, go over here. Do this. Contact them. Take a step. Sow this seed. Hallelujah. And when you did. Oh, when you did. When you did it. That's when miracles started to happen. Not before. Not before. Not before. When you did it, when you acted on it, that's when. That's when things begin to happen that you could not do. The power of God was released. Why? Because you obeyed. I said you obeyed. It takes faith to obey. You have to overcome fear to obey. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When you obey is when you make contact with the power of God. That's when it's released. Oh, hallelujah. 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 He said, you see that with his faith worked with his actions... And by the actions, the faith was made complete. And the passage was fulfilled, which says Abraham had faith in God. And it was credited to to his account as righteousness. And he was even called God's friend. And you know the exact language that he used when he offered up Isaac? And the Lord said, hold on, I see it, I see your heart. He goes on to say, because Abraham obeyed my voice. In your seed will all the peoples of the earth be blessed. Why? Because you obeyed my voice. That takes it out of the realm of conjecture. Willie, won't he? Does he believe it? Does he not? He did it. He did it. Answers all the questions. No more conjecture. He did it. He did it. Without hesitation. Proving 
He trusts God to the point of life and death and being raised from the dead and resurrection. His faith is unquestionable. He demonstrated it. And that's why the Bible said it was imputed to him for righteousness. His faith. But the faith was shown in the sacrifice. He goes on to say, uh, you see a person's declared righteous because of the actions and not because of, we could say, believing alone or believing with no action. We, there's some that wrestle with the idea today, well, it's grace. It's grace alone. No, it's not. Well, it's faith. It's faith alone. No, it's not. It's by grace, through faith, and even faith is not the end of it. Faith's got to have an action. Can you see that? Or there's no manifestation. And it's not doing works so that you can be saved. That's accomplished in the sacrifice of Christ. But if you're going to have a victory in this life, you're going to have to do something. And it's not to try to be righteous or to have your sins forgiven. It's just the Lord leading you out of the problem into the victory. And you'll have to listen to him and take that step. Hallelujah. Because it's going to take more than you and I to get it done. And the power of God manifests not just when people are theorizing about things, but when somebody actually trusts him, believes him enough. To do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. To do it. Glory to God. Have you ever had a miracle in your life? Come on, I want to. Huh? Was it coupled to something the Lord told you to do? Every time. Every time. And when you did it, did you do it with trepidation? Huh? Did you go, okay, here we go. Boy, this has to work. <laughs> huh? Here we go. So, the life of faith is not for the chicken-hearted. It ain't for the scaredy cats. It is not. You know, Brother John Lake used to say that. He said, it's the strong man's religion. Why? Because when you really learn what faith is, man, it's uh how do you get to promised land? You strap your gear on. Yeah. I said you strap your gear on. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. And some of the guys you're fighting, you have to look at them like this. Yeah. <laughs> but you know greater is he that's with me. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. It ain't for sissies. It ain't for cowards. Huh? And it's not to just sit around in church and talk about and write notes about. There comes a point where, all right, we've prayed, we've talked, we've heard, we've seen. Boots on the ground. Is that right? Boots on the ground. Get to doing it. Glory to God. He said, verse uh, 25, likewise, wasn't Rahab the prostitute also declared righteous because of what? 
Because of what? She endangered her whole household by bringing those guys in. If they had found out that they were there, they'd have wiped her whole family out. So it's beyond a theory. She had to make a choice. These are strangers. Strangers. What does she owe them? But the reason she's in the book, it was so real to her that the God of the Hebrews had flat, flattened Egypt out. Huh? So he's got to be, there's gods on every corner around here, but he's the only one I heard of that can do anything like that. This is the real God. This is the real thing. And she already decided if, if God has given us, given them our land, it's a done deal. I got to get on the winning side here. <laughs> is that right? And so when she saw the spies, she brought them in. She hid them. She covered for them. Right? Is this theory? No. No. Is this taking notes? No. Sitting in a meeting? No. No. She had to make that hard choice. And if she's wrong, it's death. But she wasn't wrong. I said she wasn't wrong. Nobody ever trusted in him and was made ashamed or embarrassed about it. You see that uh, she welcomed the messengers, sent them out by another route. Indeed, just as the body without a spirit is dead, so faith without actions is dead. There is a thing called faith that people purport, but it is just as dead and lifeless and functionless and produces no results, just like a body that the spirit is not in. And it is faith, but it's dead. I don't want demon faith, and I don't want dead faith. Come on, are y'all with me or not? No. So I say, well, faith is faith, isn't it? Obviously not. No. There are things called faith you don't want to be doing. Because there's no results. There's no results. No. Stand up on your feet. Say it out loud. I have a faith. A measure of faith. Of the God kind of faith given me from my Father God. It is not a dead faith. It is not a belief like demons have. It is a living faith. And it lives in me. And I'm not just a listener. And I'm not just a talker. I'm a doer. doer. I act act on what I believe. I obey obey the directions of the good Lord. Lord. And I am blessed in the doing thereof. thereof. Oh, hallelujah. hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Lift your hands.